Jesus says, I have to go with you. And so what I say to people is do anything. Jesus promised to show up if you will go. And I'm sorry, and this is the thing that it just, it breaks my heart, it got me up at night. Every one of those responses, every one, and I took time to look up 20 or 30 of them, and they were pastors and ministry leaders of good-sized churches. Every one of them described how they would connect with Katie, and every one of their processes required that Katie initiate the connection by finding their church and walking through the door. That, my friends, is not going. That is waiting. From the pages of Church Growth Magazine, helping church leaders implement their vision, this is the Church Growth Magazine podcast with your host, Brian Boyd. Welcome to the Church Growth Magazine podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Boyd. And today, uh, our founder and uh, publisher, Don Corder, is here with us. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Brian. Or good afternoon or good evening, depending when people are listening to the podcast. Well, it's morning right now. It is right now. Hey, so, uh, boy, now the magazine has been on the air and published. When did the magazine go live, Don? First issue went out the 24th of September. And uh, for those of you listening, you know, Don had the vision for this magazine a long time ago and, and it started in September. And uh, how's the growth been in the, in the magazine since its launch? It's been straight to the moon. I mean, it just, we've gone from thousands of impressions to millions of impressions in about four months. I've seen the, uh, the growth stats and it's like a hockey stick. It's incredible. And I think it's, you know, you had this vision along with uh, Joanne, your other founder, and, and uh, you know, for the, the tactical ways churches can learn to grow and beyond evangelism. And uh, do you think that really resonated with churches around the world? Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, the, the truth is in the West, the church is shrinking. And um, not every church, but most churches, you know, a lot of people don't realize uh, is two out of three pastors preach to less than 90 people a Sunday. And the church is having its challenges in the West and living in a post-Christian society. We've got to learn to once again start acting like a minority religious sect in a predominantly secular culture. If you look at the the readers of the magazine so far, are you seeing any sort of, uh, I don't know, specific group of people that resonate with the magazine more? Like Pastors. conservative Christians? Okay. No, no. Talk to me about it, that it's ecumenical. Me. It's across all denominations. It's across all theological perspectives. But it's about 75% of our readership are pastors and ministry leaders. And we, so for those of you listening, we have uh, not only the magazine at churchgrowthmagazine.com, which you can read anytime on any device. Of course, there's this podcast, which every week, week over week is seeing tremendous growth. And then uh, we have an email distribution where we make announcements about the magazine. And I don't know if I feel com comfortable saying the amount of people that are on the list, but it's significant. 
And then they're all church leaders. So what I want to talk about today with you, Don, is, is uh, beyond, you know, running the, the publication, uh, occasionally you'll contribute an article. And um, recently, it's been a couple weeks now, there was an article that went viral and you penned it. Um, this article had significant growth. Before we talk about the article, um, what kind of growth have we seen in this article? How many readers have this article seen? This article has been opened and read about 30,000 times in the last 10 days. Wow. And yeah, I've right seen, go, go ahead. Yeah. And we've seen people talk about it online. Uh, uh, I got a Google alert the other day that someone had mentioned it in their blog. And uh, the article was titled, Is She Allowed in Your Church? Is She Allowed in Your Church? Don, tell me what that means. Is she allowed in your church? Well, it all started with uh, an encounter I had uh, with a young woman. Um, I, I, I named her Katie. That's not her real name. But she was 23 years old. She has um, two sons by two fathers. She lives alone. She, she has great trouble putting a roof over their head and food in their belly. And she came to me and asked me a, an odd question. She said, do you know a church that would allow me to attend? And well, what, does that, I, what does that mean? Do you know a church that would allow me to attend? Well, I, know I asked her and I said, uh, yeah. what makes you think that a church would not allow you to attend? She goes, I've never been baptized and I can't afford to give to the church. And I said, what makes you think you have to be baptized and you have to give to the church to be able to attend a church? And her answer was, that's what I've heard. Wow. And that, that really got me to thinking, you know, well, who told her that? And more importantly, does she have a single Christian in her life? And so I spent about 90 minutes talking with her. And what I found out was she's not only my children's age, they went to the same high school and they grew up in the same community. And I know in my community, it's about 40,000 people. There's 43 churches. Well, at least that's what's in the yellow pages. And in 23 years of life, She's never met a single Christian who's told her anything about a church. Everything she knows about being in a church or being a Christian, she learned from the culture. And this is in 2019, 2020? Yeah, this was, it was in 2020. This was just maybe a month ago. So here in, in America, and, and you're in a very populous city in, in America, we've got a 20-something person who's been misinformed, and more than that, no one in their day-to-day -day walk with work and school and whatever else they, they'd never have interacted with a Christian to find out about, about church. Yeah. I don't, and, I, well, that's hard to believe. Well, you know what, what's really, I don't even want to say ironic. I mean, for me, it's almost as though, you know, God's speaking to me through the, the, the responses. Because the reason I wrote the article, and I encourage everybody to go to the magazine and read the article. It's about a six-minute read. The point of the article was not the, you know, unbiblical living of this young woman, um, you know, who lives very far from God. It was about 
she lives in the, you know, in the part of the country where everyone is very well churched. There are churches on every street corner and she doesn't know one person. So anyways, when we put the, when we, we published the article and we put it out, I immediately started getting responses. This thing's gotten thousands of responses and every person, every single one said, yes, she's welcome in our church. And they went on to talk about all of the types of things they do and ministries they support, both foreign and abroad. Uh, but as I listened to these people, I thought to myself, I think they're missing the point. So I took a few hours one day and I, I penned a one sentence question. And the question was, how does your church go to and connect with Katie. And I took the time to cut and paste that and respond, I don't know, maybe about 200 times. Well, I got about 100 responses. And again, they all started talking about different ministries that they support and the, uh, you know, the food pantry and the free store and missions and, you know, the third world. But not one. Not one person described an activity, a method, a behavior, or a process that was not initiated by Katie walking through the door and finding that finding their church and walking through the door. Right. And and that's the point. We have to realize that the fastest growing religious sector in America are the nuns. They have no religious affiliation. And in the church today, most of the people who are, you know, running it, they're the boards, the pastors, the elders, and so forth. We all come, we all are well-churched, and we learned about church as children and, and um, you know, in our adulthood. But when we learned about Christianity, the church was still a leading force in a predominantly Christian culture. And when the church was a, a leading force in a predominantly Christian culture, you did have to wait. You just waited for people to walk through the door because everybody was church. Everybody was looking for church. Mm -hmm. And when somebody yeah. walked through the door of your church for the very first time, they were looking for a church. If Katie walked through the door of a church, she's looking for an answer. And she doesn't know the drill. It's just a, it's a recipe for yeah. decay and decline. So, so Katie thought there were dues needed to attend church. And you had to be baptized. Yes. And you had to be baptized. Yeah. The, uh, so communication. So churches in America, let's, let's, let's target the U S right now have communication strategies. They've got social media, they've got TV, video, YouTube, you know, I, there's the guy on the street with a sign, right? With the beard. Right. <laughs> he's he's on the side. Um, are these communication tools not working? Well, it depends on how they're being applied. And, you know, you think about Katie, right? She's never walked through the door of a church. So think about, you know, for the listener, think about your church. And think about all your communication channels this week. So... Obviously, you have the in-service announcements. 
Well, if Katie isn't in service, she's not going to hear them. You have the in-service bulletin. If Katie's not in service, she's not going to hear it. You have your e-newsletter. If Katie's not on your mailing list, she's not going to hear it. You may have social media. If Katie hasn't liked your church, she's not going to see it. Where we're missing the point is in how we go to make mm-hmm. disciples. You know, the, the, the mission of the church hasn't changed since its founding, right? We, right. we go and make disciples of all people. Mm-hmm. And going has changed, though. We really, we really, it's it's done digitally. So if you're going to communicate with Katie, you're going to have to do it. You're either going to have to go walk across the street, knock on her door. You're going to have to get her phone number or call her. You're going to have to put door hangers, um, billboards, take an ad in the local newspaper. You're going to have to put some equity or some money into the medium. How are you going to communicate with her? So maybe the, the guy on the street with the sign isn't a bad idea. Well, you know, or <laughs> why not just boost your uh, a Facebook ad? Right. Um, you know, uh, Facebook lets you pick a um, a distance. You can say from, you know, your church address and a three-mile radius. Exactly. You right. know, I mean, it's just, and, it, and it's pennies on the dollar. And, you know, we, we as the church, we have to give, you know, we have to have enough faith to walk yeah. across the street, whether it's physically or mm-hmm. um, digitally. But, you know, I did, I can tell you what she was talking to me. She had a, a cell phone. Sure. And so, you know, um, putting a sign out front saying, you know, everyone's welcome. You yeah. got to hope she drives by your church. Yeah. You see, this, there this, is. Go ahead. There, yeah, there is uh, one marketing tactic called BTL or below the line. And often you'll hear about it called brand activation. So this is something for the listener here at, on the on the podcast. So brand activation is something you'd see in a mall or on a street corner when there's a kiosk and they're giving away free you know, soap or shampoo. Um, a couple of days ago, I was in New York City walking in the Tribeca neighborhood and there was a Amazon person wearing an Amazon shirt and a Kindle shirt. And they were giving away little book books, physical books and three month Kindle um, subscriptions, right? So that Amazon person was out actively activating the product in a street corner to people who may not, may be interested in hearing about Amazon Kindle. So, so, you know, that activation technique could be a good approach for a church in the local area, you know, be it a flea market or a corner or in front of the Walgreens and uh, some sort of approach to meet people who wouldn't see your digital, digital means otherwise. Anyway, um, just something for, for the listener to think about. Well, you know, for me, you know, I, I uh, the president of a, a group called the Provisum Group, we essentially, we manage and do provide business and administrative services to churches and charities all over the country. And, you know, so, you know, my average customer gets about 120 in worship and has maybe a $200,000 budget. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, we you know, we, we, we've become the, in the church of Philadelphia. We've forgotten our first love. You see, because, you know, the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all people. Most well-church people know that. 
But the whole Great Commission says, go you therefore and make disciples of all people, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I commanded you, and I will be with you till the end of the age. It actually was, and surely I'll be with you to the end of the age. And if you look that up in the original Greek, it's written in an imperative case. So it's more accurately said, when you go and make disciples, Jesus says, I have to go with you. And so what I say to people is do anything. Jesus promised to show up if you will go. And I'm sorry, and this is the thing that it just, it breaks my heart. It kept me up at night. Every one of those responses, every one, and I took time to look up 20 or 30 of them, and they were pastors and ministry leaders of good-sized churches. Every one of them described how they would connect with Katie, and every one of their processes required that Katie initiate the connection by finding their church and walking through the door. That, my friends, is not going. That is waiting. And sadly, in the second half of the 20th century, this is where the church went. In that, in those 50 years, this is where the church went from being a leading force in a predominantly Christian culture in the West to being a minority religious sect in a predominantly secular culture. And during those 50 years, we went from going and making to hoping and waiting. And what I'm saying that we have to do, and, it, and this article, it just screams it. And really, the story's not the article. The story is the responses to the article. Not one person described an activity. I mean, if they would just say, well, we boost Facebook um, to the community, you know, before Christmas and Easter. You know, that's a check in the mm-hmm. box. That's going. Mm-hmm. It's going digitally. Right. But right. You know, exactly. that's kind of how we go now. What we have to yeah. understand is the internet has changed everything. In fact, I think that the internet, in order of magnitude, has changed the world like fire and the wheel. Fire changed how we lived in community. The wheel changed how we provide for ourselves. And the internet has changed how we form relationships mm-hmm. and the church right. needs to. And, and so for me, going includes digitally, but you're going to have to pay some money to communicate with people for whom you have no contact information. And that that's, for me, it was heartbreaking and it was a, yeah. it's heartbreaking as it was to talk to Katie and to hear her story. And, you know, for privacy, I'm not going to share it, but it was tragic. What really broke my heart was an entire mm-hmm. church that with few exceptions. Wow. Goes. Yeah. You have to go. And Jesus says, if you will go, I will go with you. So just. Do you know? And and in the article, I said, just do something, do anything. Yes, but just do something. And um, well, you know, we're still, even though we're a minority, um, you know, you're still looking at about seventy-five to a hundred million people uh, are in church every Sunday. Right. Every Sunday. 
But on, so the, other, on the other hand, 70% yeah. of the people who live around every church are not in church on Sunday. So in the next uh, coming week or two, we're trying to finalize a date. Uh, we'll be holding a webcast with a couple pastors and Don, and uh, we'll be having uh, live questions from our audience. And uh, I've invited um, a urban pastor from uh, two cities, at least in the country, that are in really urban, unchurched areas, to be on the panel, Don. And um, and we'll be able to have a conversation. Uh, one pastor is in Austin, Texas, and he is at downtown Austin in a very unchurched area. And he planted his church there to do that outreach to people who don't enter the church. And so we'll, I know uh, we'll get some interesting feedback from them and then from our audience. So this article has been read over 30,000 times and shared and, and, and commented on. And you've got a, a, a sequel, a sequel coming out. Uh, tell us a little tease about the, uh, the next article. That's a follow-up to, uh, to this article. Well, it's really, it's, it's just talking about the response. It, it's just talking about, you know, the difference between hoping and waiting and going and making and just encouraging the church to do anything, do anything. Um, you know, I want to be clear, you know, I, I've dedicated my life. I work with churches all over America every single day. And the church is still filled primarily with people who love Jesus, who love people, who, who love God, who want to do what's right. But somehow or another, we've forgotten how. We've, we've forgotten how we, you know, in, in the Bible, it talks about forgetting your first love and that's, you know, love for God and love for people. And all I'm saying, if I can encourage anybody, love God enough, appreciate what Christ has done for you enough to do anything, reach out to anyone. And give them a reason to go to church. And then that's the other part of the article I talk about. And that's giving people reasons to come. Like, for example, you take a church, you know, I, I hear all the time, you know, I mean, we have churches, the clients, where the doors to the children's area are locked shut. Because they haven't had a kid walk through the door in 20 years. And so they said, what can we do to attract young people? And I said, well, you're a house full of grandparents. Do you like hanging with your grandkids? Yeah. Well, why not have a, a parent's night out and invite anyone who lives within 500 yards of your church mm -hmm. or five miles mm -hmm. and, and just invite them? Yeah. You know, and then... Get yourself a copy of, you know, Bambi or Dumbo or something like that and, and tell them, come back, you know, in a weekend or two and you can watch um, this movie. Um, you know, as long as you don't charge for it, you're not going to violate any copyrights. And this is how relationships form. If, and then you have to be intentional about it, but this is how relationships form. And the, the thing that has to change if we're going to be faithful to Christ's call to go and make disciples of all people, 
in a majority secular culture, we have to initiate contact. The church has to initiate contact and initiate relationship. If we don't, we're going to stay on the slow, steady slide into irrelevance that we're on. So I encourage everybody who hears this, if you're feeling a little bit convicted at all, just say, Lord, give me one thing I can do. Give me one idea, put one person on my heart. And you see, then you'd be going and Jesus is going to be faithful because he promised to go with you. So Don, um, you actually wrote a book that kind of supports this article, right? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, it's funny. I've been told multiple times in my life, you should write a book. And I tell people who say that to me, I said, well, if God wanted me to write a book, he wouldn't have made me such uh, a lousy writer and hating to write. And here I am at uh, 60 years old. I'm writing almost every day now. But yeah, I wrote a book. It's called uh, Connect, Grow Your Church in 28 Days. And I know that's really trite, but I, I did that on purpose. And essentially, the book is designed for this exact dilemma. Churches are saying that, you know, they want to grow, but they don't know what to do. And it's real simple. It's 28 things. If you just do them once, a, you do one thing once a day and you just keep doing it, your church will grow. And it's all about connecting. You know, the, uh, the go between going and making, we have to connect with people. And so, um, you can find that on Amazon or you can go, uh, to the provisumgroup.com backslash resources, and uh, you'll see Get Don's book. It's a, you know, a $30 investment in walking across the street and connecting with all the Katies who are sitting, waiting in all the neighborhoods around all the churches. And, you know, I, I really encourage somebody to pick up a copy and just do what it says. In fact, I guarantee the book. If, uh, if you don't find one thing that helps you grow your church, just send the book back to me and I'll give you your money back. Thanks, Don. My pleasure. This is Church Growth Magazine podcast. And the Church Growth Magazine is dedicated to helping church leaders around the world with the tactics of growing their church. Uh, published continuously at churchgrowthmagazine.com. You can read articles, listen to the podcast, and provide feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, drop us a note here at Church Growth Magazine Podcast. You can send it to me directly, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at churchgrowthmagazine.com. And if you have questions for Don, I'll be happy to field them and uh, get them directly to Don for commenting. And uh, uh, we are uh, always thankful for our subscribers, too. So thank you for subscribing and sharing. The podcast is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple, Google, and more. So please tell a friend. Uh, Don, thanks again for joining, and thank you for your commitment to the magazine and outreach. My pleasure, Brian. For Don Quarter, I'm your host, Brian Boyd. Have a great day.